When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour of Clay and Buck gets going right now, everybody. And take a little turn toward the literary section of Clay and Buck world for a moment here. You may have seen... The headlines about Roald Dahl. I always try to make sure I pronounce his name properly. I didn't know like how it. to pronounce it. You've already taught me a lesson there. I mean, is it just Roll and then Dahl, or is it Rolled Dahl? It's not easy. Point being that Mr. Dahl, we could all agree on that one, um, is among the most beloved and famous children's uh, book authors of all time. He has sold... Hundreds of millions of books, uh, and this is now, uh, it's been translated into almost 70 languages, I think, his different works. If you're wondering, what what would be on the Roald Dahl list? All the parents, I'm sure, already know, but for folks who uh, haven't bought any children's books in a while or don't remember, you had uh, James and the Giant Peach, which I remember being read to me by teachers in uh, uh, what we called lower school of primary school, so second, third grade. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which the movie wasn't Gene Wilder in that one. As, yes, is that right? Yeah. Fantastic movie, great movie. I, I saw then that they one. They remade on, it with uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah, not any, not, not as near as not as no, no, no. But Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, The Witches, which I actually always thought the movie was quite scary when I was a kid. Of the witches, um, but that's another very famous one. Uh, what am I? What am I leaving? We, Matilda. We tr- Matilda. Thank you. Um, there, there's a bunch, a bunch of the biggest, the BFG. Children's- a lot of these movies. Uh, a lot of these very, very fantastic. Mr. Fox. Like yes. a lot of them, very well known. 
incredibly well-known author, incredibly successful. Uh, but his the uh, the estate and the publisher, I believe, which is Puffin, uh, that controls the continued publication of his of his works, is going back and changing the language in some of these, changing the language uh, so that it is less offensive. Now, Doctor Seuss, who is I, I think in that same category of. Yeah most famous children's authors of all time. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, who, I wonder who has sold more books in total, Seuss or Dr. Seuss or, um, uh, Roald Dahl. I would be I, stunned if it's not Seuss just because he published over a hundred books, I think. But they started to pull to your point, which we're talking about censorship. They won't publish some of Dr. Seuss's books now. Like you legitimately cannot buy them. They pulled them out of the Seuss canon. Well, they've, they've gotten rid of some of the Dr. Seuss stuff. Because they say it is, uh, there are depictions that are racially insensitive. Insensitive. That's what. God, they got uh, Zeus in trouble. Um, but if you look at what's getting pulled now from Roald Dahl books, yeah. it's descriptions like fat, for example. It's a sensitivity about the witches in the book, The Witches being bald under their wigs. It is these minor edits that are meant to describe characters in ways that are less offensive. And now I understand people might say, well, okay, if it's just kind of minor stuff, no, no, no. We all know how this goes. Once the machinery of retroactive censorship of great authors is in place, does anyone believe that the demands from the woke will stop at Describing somebody as enormous instead of fat, which is one of the changes they're making to like the little German boy who wants the chocolate in Charlie and the chocolate factory. Remember? And the mother, she's like, Oh, like Guten Tag. And she runs over and he's drinking all that chocolate. Look, I'm a, I'm kind of a chocolateaholic. So I, I respect that the kid wanted to get in there, but he was a chubby little German boy and he fell into the river of chocolate. Now he's described as enormous instead of fat. Uh, this clay, I just think is. This is the beginning, right? This is the thin end of, of the wedge. And it's not like this is the first time, but instead of just even saying, you can't say this because it's offensive, now we're seeing beloved, globally famous authors with their work getting just tweaked here and there, just changing it here and there to make it less offensive. This ties into me with the craziness of Disney doing away with the, uh, with the wildly popular ride inside of the, uh, inside of Magic Kingdom, right? I mean, Splash Mountain. So many people out there listening to us right now have in the last 30 years gone on Splash Mountain and they decide that Br'er Rabbit is now too offensive to be featured as a part of the most popular ride in the Magic Kingdom. And so they're editing for wokeness a, uh, an amusement park ride. And I, I just, I look at this and as an author, and look, my books are, you know, a pinprick of any of this. I find it awful that after my death, somebody would come in and change the words that I had published in my writing such that I would want as a, uh, as an author, to almost have signed off on something that would prohibit this from ever having occurred. And this idea of going back and 
censoring what someone might have said or how they described someone in a book, it also makes it more difficult to see the evolution of language. And, Buck, I think we should mention about Dahl. Did you know that he was a fighter pilot? Yep. In addition to being in, in World War II, in addition to being one of the most acclaimed children's authors of all time, he was a squadron commander uh, and a fighter pilot in World War II, by the way, on the right side of history there. So I just find this incredibly troubling. And uh, as an author, whether it's J.K. Rowling, who's under attack right now, another pop- popular children's author, because she has the audacity to say men are men and women are women. And I, I look and see the way that this is all being treated and i think you're right the problem with everybody out there who acquiesces on this people say well it's just changing fat to enormous why do you care because what the woke have shown us and this is the answer for everybody out there because you're constantly said why do you care well first of all i care because you're changing something so you cared and made the alteration but the real issue is it doesn't ever end the woke universe demands constant new sacrifices it doesn't uh, we've said this before on the show buck if you told me hey clay i bet you and i would actually be good representatives for the sane anti-woke community if we sat across the negotiating table from the woke community and we could give them the washington redskins and we could give them this word that we'll take out of the vocabulary and we just said okay this ends it we no longer negotiate anymore. Everybody leaves and everybody's happy now. They have to find things to be offended by. And this is not the end. This is the, hey, we've proven that we can do this. Once we prove we're going to do it, we're going to continue to pick and prod on these works. And again, there's the censorship that comes from removing the te- from the text entirely. And then there's also the censorship that comes from just changing it from editing it from what it was to suit the sensibilities of the woke. So there are different ways that they come at this, and I think this is... I I can't think of a time when they've done this before, when they've just gone back with such a famous author and just started to alter words, right? With with the Dr. Seuss stuff, they just stopped publishing certain books where they took things out. Which is even worse, I think, than this. But this is more... This is scarier because it alters the way you experience it. This, over the long term, could be used to try to shape perceptions, uh, shape perceptions, and also have all authors. I mean, if you can do this with Rodal, why can't you do it with Shakespeare? Why can't no, you do it exactly right with, uh, with with Edmund Burke? Why can't you do it? I mean, na- name somebody, right? I mean, you go through history. You know, Socrates, all of a sudden, Plato isn't saying what he said about men and women and slaves or and all Huckleberry the rest of it. Huckleberry Finn, you decide, I mean, the, the way that Jim and Huckleberry Finn, for those of you who studied that book, I mean, there's raw language that would have been common in the 1880s in that book. Well, if you take that out, you strip away the historical context in which that relationship occurred, and you demean the overall understanding of the work as a whole. And it's, it's it's so important. I think this is a huge story. And, and I want to hit this because some critics will say, well, you guys aren't standing up for they're trying to take this book out of schools. And they're then this is this is important. And I think Republicans do a really poor job talking about this. There is a difference between dis- when it is age appropriate for kids to be reading books and what books should be available to them in a kindergarten, first and second grade library 
and saying the book shouldn't be available at all. And in the context of movies, Buck, parents do this all the time, right? You know, when we were growing up, I bet your parents were a lot like mine. There were a lot of shoot 'em up movies, right? Action adventure movies. They might have been rated R. Were you allowed to go see that movie? They, you weren't saying, oh, we're censoring this movie from kids when it's rated R. You're saying, no, we're letting parents know there's an age-appropriate context under which PG-13, maybe a nine-year-old doesn't need to see that movie. There's a big difference between this, which is direct censorship, and debating and discussing the age-appropriate nature of books for kids. Widely different, and I think Republicans do an awful job of discussing that difference. Yeah, they need to they need to hit back every time they say and they're going after Ron DeSantis on this a lot lately because yeah. of the curriculum change in Florida and they're lying. But we need to yes. say they're lying. There's a very clear difference between this book is banned and we're not going to assign or teach this book to a six year old. Okay? Massively Everyone, different. Yes. Yeah, everyone can understand this. And I will say DeSantis won this argument when it came to the bill about what could be taught in schools, remember? Because because Democrats tried this lie of, oh, you're never allowed to say that you're gay. That was the big story they were trying to push. And then Ron DeSantis was like, why do you have to talk about transgender ideology to people? It said in the bill, before the third grade. Yeah. I mean, second graders... If anything, I think that was too kind, right? Why do fourth and fifth graders need to be dealing with sexuality-related issues? But because it had that clear language, that clear designation, it was possible to win the argument, not only with Republicans, very important, Democrats in the state of Florida, by solid majority, agreed with Ron DeSantis on this. So that was that was one of those cases when they say... Because you hear this talk put all the time. Um, uh, Who's the... the, uh, Enormous, because we can't say fat, governor of um, Pritzker. Illinois. Pritzker, thank you. He he does this. Uh, he is super fat, by the way. I'll go ahead right. and say it. Super enormous fat, is what Pritzker. you're supposed to say now, according to the Roll Doll censors. Yes. But yes, he's a, he's a large fellow. Um, he p- talked about banning books, how they're banning books in these states. It's They're just lying. This is a yes. lie. There's no yes. book being banned. In fact, if anyone is banning books, as we know, it is the left. The left are the ones that decide that something should be no longer in print, no longer published, no longer sold. We just don't want them teaching pansexuality to second graders. That seems reasonable to me. I I just I can't impress upon everybody out there listening enough because Eric Adams said we don't ban books here in uh, in New York. Nothing's being banned. If people want to go buy these books and have them inside of their household, that's fine. Age-appropriate nature, nature, PG-13, they're trying to ban kids from seeing it. No, you're just letting people know what you think a roughly age-approximate viewing experience should be. It's not crazy. Pretty straightforward. Common sense. I want to say a sincere thank you to this audience because of the uh, generosity that you've displayed toward the pre-born pregnancy clinics nationwide. You know, we partnered with them last year to introduce their critical work to this audience on their godly mission to save lives. They provide ultrasound experiences to pregnant women who are making that critical decision, the most important decision of their life, with respect to bringing that baby that they're carrying to term and giving that baby life. Preborn provides a free ultrasound experience to mothers who are making this decision. That way, these mothers can meet their child through ultrasound and develop that maternal bond and that caring, that that impulse that triumphs over 
the other considerations and day-to-day worries and concerns that they may have so that they give the baby life. Preborn also provides support in the way of counseling, clothing, diapers, and so much more, all in the name of love and caring for the unborn children. Preborn receives no government funding, so their work is completely dependent on us. Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies in their 13, I'm sorry, 17 years of existence. Can you join countless others with a donation of either $28, perhaps $140? One ultrasound is 28 bucks. $140, that's five ultrasounds, which could save five babies' lives. Just call pound 250 on your cell phone right now. Say the keyword baby. From your cell phone, pound 250, say baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. The Truth Compass, pointing due right every day. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on prize picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance, so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less, it's that easy. On this program, Clay and I are here to help you cut through the noise, the ulterior motives, to uncover the truths that no one else is going to tell you. That's what our colleague Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark worked on Wall Street for 50 years. Across those decades, he invented three new indices for the NASDAQ and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade, including the recent mania in AI stocks. Mark says the majority of Americans are... Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I am uh, 
I was already a doll fan, obviously. He's he's written a lot of incredible books. But, Buck, um, I've been reading about his service during World War II, and we've got a great call I'm going to get to in a sec. Uh, but in 1940, in Africa, he crashed his uh, airplane, couldn't find the airstrip, was in no man's land, forced to attempt a landing in the desert. Under, I'm reading from uh, Wikipedia, so FYI, but it's all cited. Under Courage hit a boulder, aircraft crashed, his skull was fractured, his nose was smashed, he was temporarily blinded, he managed to drag himself away from the blazing wreckage, lost consciousness, was then rescued, went back and ended up fighting all over Europe as a fighter pilot, and then becomes one of the most uh, renowned children's authors of all time, and we've got a caller out there right now who says that he was involved in at least seeing um how the bfg movie was turned from a book into a movie uh joe in allendale new jersey what you got for us hey how's it going guys um, great yeah i actually had a conversation with the producer and animator of the first bfg big friendly giant uh he was from england and he actually uh he met Dahl, and he uh, produced a movie, and when they were showing it in the theater, Dahl was known to be such a hothead about his work and changing of his work that he sat by the exit so that if <laughs> Dahl hated it, he could run out without getting berated in front of the whole audience. But did Dahl like it? Dahl, my, uh, the person I spoke to said he stood and uh, sobbed because Dahl stood up personally and just applauded so like crazily, I guess you would say that it just overwhelmed my, the person I spoke to. Oh, that's great. So, Wait, great story. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling in with that. I just clay, you know, before um, you, you'd mentioned, I, I threw this in the very end of hour two. Hardy boys for you was the first, that was the, that was the first sort of uh, author or series of books when you were a kid that you were just enraptured by. Yes. And I understand Franklin W. Dixon is a ghostwriter, but I could not read. I read every Hardy Boy book, Frank and Joe Hardy back in the day, the blue covers, then into the case files and on beyond. What about you? The first book that I remember taking home from the library that was a real book that I read cover to cover. I've talked a lot about Tom Clancy and Michael Crichton on this oh, yeah. show because they were the authors that I loved as a kid. But it was actually The Three Musketeers by Alexandre Dumas. Very Which, good pronunciation there. May we be in, sir. Uh, by the way, Three Musketeers, a great novel to this day. Still a great, great novel. Great novel. Love the Count of Monte Cristo. Um, also really well done uh, by Alexander Dumas, as I would pronounce it, not as well as Buck. Uh, companies that continually evolve their products to make them better or worth sticking with since they're invested in you, the customer. My Pillows, one of them with the introduction of My Pillow 2.0. You're going to love the upgrade. Buck and I were just talking about the MyPillow 2.0. Producer Ali was as well. Patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, but man, it's even better. Has temperature regulating thread. Keeps you from getting too hot during the night. Priced right too. Buy one, get one free for a limited time when you use our names as the promo code. Experience the temperature regulating technology for yourself at MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener, special square, buy one, get one free, 60-day money-back guarantee, 10-year warranty. Use the code Clay and Buck at MyPillow.com. 
I am planning to go, and our folks were on the ground from the first hours. I do want to stress that the NTSB needs to be able to do its work independently. But when I go, the focus is going to be on action. Look, I was mayor of my hometown for eight years. We dealt with a lot of disasters, natural and human. And one of the things I noticed very quickly is that there's two kinds of people who show up when you have that kind of disaster experience. People who are there because they have a specific job to do and are there to get something done, and people who are there to look good and have their picture taken. When I go, it will be about action on rail safety, like the actions that we are calling on Congress to help us with. That was your Transportation Secretary, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. First of all, what natural disasters were somebody dealing with as the mayor of South Bend, Indiana? I mean... You know, I understand sometimes Notre Dame loses a big game, but That's I don't know exactly if what I thought of. You know, I don't think there's a lot of natural disasters that are routinely befalling uh Notre Dame, I mean uh South Bend, Indiana that the mayor would have would have to deal with. I mean, I, I maybe the there are, there's like a rare tornado in the vicinity or something, but he makes it sound like, "Oh man, it was all hands on deck all the time as the mayor of a small American city, and apparently not a very well-run one, from what I the understand. The chutzpah from him, by the way, to even run for president with the background of I was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Like he skipped right over governor, skipped right over senator. I I can't help but think like it's amazing, and he parlayed it into this job, which he clearly can't do, which we'll be talking about a lot tomorrow. Well, the Babylon Bee which has just been en fuego recently across the board. The Babylon Bee. Seth Dillon, has, who runs that, does it. We've had him on the show. He does a great job. Yeah. I mean, they are, they're at that phase where it's like, uh, Reggie Miller in the nineties hitting three point shots Look from you from eight feet behind the three point line. You know, just, they're just dropping Sports threes all reference. over the place. Yes. Um, but the Babylon Bee put out this Buddha judge defends job performance. By reminding everyone he's gay. Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> which was, which was the Babylon really Bee, you know, pointing out that the diversity and inclusion, um, component of the Biden administration maybe sometimes has outweighed the best man or woman for the job component of the administration. I put this poll question up while you were out, Buck, and it may be the most difficult poll question that i have put up i don't know that you saw it because you were hanging out in the south pacific which of the joe biden diversity and inclusion hires has been worse at his or her job kareem jean pierre kamala harris or mayor pete kamala harris by far biggest disappointment for democrats i i think there's no i mean I, i feel strong on this one because they she really was supposed to take over I don't think that they thought that Joe Biden was going to have to mount up again for a second run here. And and I, I think that because, you know, it's a question of scale, right? Yeah. Right. Jean-Pierre. Yeah. She's bad at the job. But let's be honest. White House press secretary. No offense to any former press secretaries. You got a binder. You deal with some questions. You could do that job tomorrow. I could do that job tomorrow. You know, it doesn't you know, it doesn't really matter all that much. Um Transportation secretary, you would think doesn't matter that much, but Mayor Pete, in a way to his credit, has reminded us how much it does matter 
by being so bad at it that we have all these problems with transportation. That's my argument. Your argument on Kamala is a good one. And by the way, this was neck and neck. I believe Kamala got 38% of the vote. Mayor Pete got 36%. And whatever the math is, is the remainder for Karine Jean-Pierre. But my argument for Mayor Pete as the worst diversity and inclusion hire, and I love that headline from the Babylon Bee of reminds everybody he's gay as soon as he (laughs) starts getting criticized. It's hysterical. I could actually, I mean, that would be it. If if Saturday Night Live actually did skits, Mayor Pete getting grilled with like really detailed questions about how bad he's been and responding, well, that's, you know, but I'm gay. Every time that he gets criticized would be a hysterical Saturday Night Live skit. They would never do it because they're basically left-wing propaganda now, but that's an example of a skit that would be hysterical. I think he's worse because I don't think most people can even name past transportation secretaries because it was such a backwater in terms of nobody really knew who even had the job. And he's been so bad that we know who has the job. So that's why I would vote him. But in terms of expectations, you're right. They really did think we're going to pass the baton from the old white guy to the younger black woman and she will be the face of the Democrat Party for the 2024 race. I don't think there was any doubt on Inauguration Day that was the plan. And she's been so bad that Joe Biden, who can barely walk, you know, we were making fun of the air siren, but every time I see this guy take a step, I think to myself, he's going to fall. Like that, we know we fell going up the stairs for the airport a couple of times already, but Buck, when I see him walk across the lawn at the White House, I think to myself, he's going to fall, he's going to fall. It's an inevitability that it will happen at some point as he tries to board uh, the the helicopter. He's just going to fall in the grass walking by himself, or he's going to fall stepping off of a stage and maybe severely injure himself. He's already fallen off his bike. We do have a, a real problem in this country, and it's a new problem because, um, you know, people's not just life, but career expect. Uh, did you see the Wall Street Journal had a thing instead of the 40 year career, the 60 year career that now people are expecting to work into yeah. their, into their 80s is going to become yes. the, the norm. And by the way, great, fine. I actually, I, I, is it, uh, who was it that said, uh, you know, retirement is death? I, there's a famous, um, uh, entrepreneur. I can't remember who it is, but look, some people want to retire. That's great. Other people don't want to retire. That's great. Whatever you want to do, fine. But people are capable of doing that for different jobs. For the commander-in-chief role, for being United States senator, for jobs where a lot of people depend on you, for being an airline pilot, by the yeah. way, I don't want an 85-year-old airline pilot. So you, you want, You're the 85-year-old that, you know, has put together four or five great car dealerships or, you know, and you want to keep being CEO, God bless. But I don't, you know, there are certain things, and we have a real problem in this country. You know, Diane Feinstein, I, I just saw this, right? Didn't this happen when I was out? She didn't agree with the statement, or she didn't know they put out a statement saying she wasn't going to run again or something, or I don't think I that think was I think there that. might have been some confusion between resign and retire. I'm trying to be yeah. beneficial to her. I listened to that. But, but for, I mean, they ha- she has no real ability at her age to understand what's going on functionally. She is way too old to do any job. Correct. And, she, and when I say old, I don't mean the number. I mean the age that is reflected in her mind at this point in terms she's of her 90, acuity and ability. By the way, basically. So it's not like she's, I mean, I think she's 89, about to turn yeah. 90. 
So this has become a real thing. And, and unfortunately, I, I believe that it will only, the only way that this starts to turn back is when you do have somebody. I mean, remember when, even when Hillary was running and she kind of flopped into the van and they oh, said yeah. she was sick. And then they, and then there was this whole thing about, well, why were they covering up, you know, the Secret Service were trying to prevent people from seeing that she just sort of fell forward into the van. Um, and she did. I mean, that was, that yes. was all on video. We saw it. This shouldn't be the way that it is. I and mean, it's amazing when you go back and read. I love reading American history. I was reading, um, uh, one of uh, Chernow's biography of Washington on my honeymoon because you know, as one does, and that not a lot. I was just going to say, not a lot of people in the South Pacific on the beach on their honeymoon have taken the Ron Chernow uh, biography of George Washington on on with them. It is hefty, I will say. Yeah. It's a hefty yes. one. But you go back, you see so many of the founders were in their twenties and thirties. Everybody. Yeah. Something that I think is often lost here, and I'm not saying, you know, I don't want a president who's in their 20s and 30s. I know there's a constitutional requirement for, for age, but 80 is too old. 80 is too old, and I'm going to say it, and I, Donald Trump's a little too old. As much as I love the Trumpster, he's, he's going to be, he's, he's right up against the line. You can convince me that he just is under the line, but he's right up against the line. And we're seeing this with all these politicians. You don't age in linear fashion once you get into your late 70s. One year can be a big difference in your health and energy. Think about how much different things would be if we had not had an age minimum, 35, but instead an age maximum. And to your point, Buck, and, and, and I've said this a lot on this show, but I, I do think it, it, it brings to crystallizes it. You can't fly an airplane, I believe, after 62 or 65 years old for a commercial airliner. How in the world can we allow Joe Biden, who will be 82 at the end of his term, Joe Biden could not do any job on this radio show. Joe Biden could not do any job, I don't believe, at a grocery store or at a uh, gas station. Whatever you do for a living in your profession right now, Joe Biden couldn't work anywhere at OutKick. How is it that we have a man who is incapable of doing any job basically in the country except for the most important job in the country how is that possible i mean i guess they would argue that he's such a great repository of wisdom which you say it and you want to laugh right away i mean this is not somebody who is impressive joe biden's not impressive in any respect other than longevity in politics that's it He's the he is the living example of just keep showing up do whatever you got to do and eventually maybe you get lucky and that's that's the president right now at a time when people are talking about the possible outbreak of World War Three. I'm just saying, I don't think that's a very smart move. But, you know, Democrats, that's what they do. If every company out there treated their business and customer service like Pure Talk does, trust me, they'd be a lot more happy as customers. Pure Talk cell phone service comes with a no contract policy. Pure Talk doesn't require one, unlo- require one, unlike those big wireless companies that still try to keep you locked into a long-term contract. Why do they do that? Why do they have that big fee they charge you if you try to leave? Pure Talk is the only wireless company to offer a 100% money-back guarantee. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a small fortune to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company. You're going to like working with their U.S.-based customer service team that will make your switch easy. You'll also like being associated with a company that is veteran-owned. All you have to do, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to save 50% off your first month. 
That's pound 250. Say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. On this program, Clay and I are here to help you cut through the noise, the ulterior motives, to uncover the truths that no one else is going to tell you. That's what our colleague Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark worked on Wall Street for 50 years. Across those decades, he invented three new indices for the NASDAQ and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade, including the recent mania in AI stocks. Mark says the majority of Americans are... If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. Your orders make a meaningful impact. You can become a member in seconds. Signing up is fast and free. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. That's GovX. Code CLAY. G-O-V-X-C-L-A-Y savings for those who serve a lot of vip emails coming in i thought i would respond to this because we are occasionally getting this question we kind of addressed it i think on the show uh buck but bill writes in uh you asked what you're missing about this war ronald reagan taught us there was no moral equivalence between the united states and the thuggish aggressors and terror sponsors of the world Vladimir Putin is the 21st century's Hitler. To allow him to succeed in subjugating a peaceful democratic neighbor will not prevent World War III. It will guarantee it. I just, I don't see that at all. And, Buck, you and I discussed this. One of the great fallacies to me of this entire discussion is the idea that Putin has the wherewithal to invade anywhere else, really, and so that is why I do not think the Hitler analogy is in any way apropos. It's Clay, it's absurd that there's this argument out there that Vladimir Putin, given 
all we've had to do, not that it's not a lot, but I mean, we've sent money and munitions and they're in a stalemate effectively right now with, with Ukraine. All of, all of NATO's combined military might being brought to bear under Article 5. So the only way you could make that argument is, oh, well, he can, he could invade Poland and we wouldn't care. Look what we've done over Ukraine, which is not a NATO country. So I don't buy this argument at all. And I think it's, I think it's, I wouldn't say it's made in bad faith, but I can't believe that people, there are people who would know better who are making this argument. I don't understand. Militarily, it is inconceivable that Vladimir Putin would try to invade a NATO country, even without the invasion of Ukraine, bogging him down. I think it's bad faith in many ways, because anytime you can connect anyone to Hitler, as all of us who voted for Trump well know, that is the Democrat playbook. Oh, this person is a modern-day Hitler. No, sometimes there are uniquely awful human beings that don't have easy historical corollaries, and I think that is the case right now with trying to compare anybody to Hitler. All right, much less serious news, but I wanted to at least address it. We certainly appreciate all the VIPs and all the interaction, and best guess what? We're not always going to agree on everything, and that's good, because if we did, we'd be authoritarian Democrats. So um, Meghan Markle. We played last week a clip from a savage takedown of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, or whatever his title is now, um, surrounding their release of the new book and their basic consistent demand for publicity. And Meghan Markle is reportedly so angry about this portrayal, hysterical, satirical ridicule, that she is contemplating suing, (laughs) suing South Park over their mockery of her and Harry, would this be the greatest moment in South Park history if she were to file a lawsuit over this savage takedown? Okay. First of all, this would be hilarious because there are there are no grounds for a suit whatsoever. Um, and and I know in the UK you can sue people. It's much easier to sue people for uh, for defamation, and unfortunately. Sometimes that has been used as a tool even against people in, in uh, that are you know media entities that operate globally. Um, Matt Stone and Trey Parker are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. Uh, the somewhat disconnected but still connected to the royal family, uh, you know, Meghan and, and Harry wanting to get into a, a, a contest of litigation and also public opinion with South Park would backfire massively, so much so that I really hope they try to bring a lawsuit. Remember, this is South Park is the network that did the Muhammad in a bear yes. costume episode. Okay? And and it took on death threats from all oh, yeah. over the world and threats of rioting, because you can't show Muhammad, so they put him in a bear costume, right? That that Harry and Megan think that they're gonna sue to silence them is hell but it also goes to show you these people are they're horrible these two are horrible and the disdain that they are gathering or, or that is uh growing about them in the public is richly deserved and this is why the british royal family is on the way out i'm telling you this also i think buck speaks to sometimes you can tell how awful people are based on the things that they consider doing who is advising them Right. If I, I I don't know Megan and Harry, obviously, at all. If suddenly I got a call and they were like, hey, Clay, we're thinking about suing South Park because they made fun of us too hard <laughs> and we're upset. 
I would be like, are you crazy? You have no legal case whatsoever, one. Two, from a public relations perspective, this is the greatest thing that could ever happen to South Park. And the fact that they don't see that and that this story would even become a possibility is to me evidence that they're so awful they have surrounded themselves with sycophants who will not tell them at all how they are perceived publicly. And every time they speak out, Buck, their overall popularity, it seems to me, declines. I find them utterly detestable. The only way to deal with South Park making fun of you is admit it's funny, lean into it, and wait for them to make fun of someone else. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 